Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Bethesda Church, how's everybody doing? Do you guys love Baptism Sunday? Amen, I love Baptism Sunday. Um, didn't realize when I was doing the calendar, um, at the end of last year coming into this year, everything looked good, and then when you preach nine times in 14 days, and you show up on a Sunday morning and realize you don't even have your laptop to get your sermon, I am doing something this morning I haven't done in over a decade, and that is preach from paper. Like, we're having to go old school today. Um, but anyway, I'm tired in the flesh, but I am pump, pumped up in the spirit. How many are excited about what God wants to say to us today? Anybody excited? We began a brand new series last week called A Healthy House. A Healthy House. Um, and we called the first message, No Hiding, All Seeking. No Hiding, All Seeking. We do not want to hide the fact that we are seeking God, that we're not just a Christian family, but we are a Christ-centered family. Big, big difference between Christian family and Christ-centered family. A lot of people call themselves Christian, but their family is not Christ-centered. We're culture-centered. We're entertainment-centered. We're politically-centered. But I'm looking for some people, and I believe God's looking for some people that are Christ-centered, and when we're Christ-centered, you're going to stand out in this culture because the culture at large is, is pretty toxic. How many can say amen to that? The culture at large is pretty toxic. So when you decide to be not just Christian but Christ-centered, meaning I'm going to follow Jesus, your life is going to stand out. Your life is going to look different. The verse we read last week comes from the Beatitudes, and Beatitude that is a, it comes from a Latin word that means blessed, blessed or blessedness. Um, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus shows us eight different characteristics of those who are blessed. Um, and the scripture we read last week, Matthew 5 verse 6, said, Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And I'm going to look at another beatitude as we talk about making healthy houses. Um, and before I, I give you the title, the, tr the truth that we have to understand is a lot of homes would not be characterized or described as healthy. Um, there's a lot of words that we would ascribe to homes, and usually healthy or blessed would not be in that category. Uh, dysfunction, right? We hear that. Chaos. War zone, uh, all kinds of stuff, but not usually blessed or healthy. And it's my prayer that the end of this series that your home would not only be Christ-centered, but it would also be healthy and it would be blessed. Today I want to talk to you about pure hearts. Everybody say pure hearts. In our culture today, we are applauded for protecting our children physically. That is celebrated. 
Um, we send our kids out to get the mail, and before they go to the mailbox, we put their little helmet on and their elbow pads, and we send them out to go get the mail. We want to protect them physically, and that is applauded, and I, I think it's a great thing that we protect our kids physically, um, yet at the same time in our culture, if we go beyond physical protection and we start protecting our children spiritually and morally, then we're called overprotective. We're called all kinds of names because we don't want the culture to infiltrate our kids. But I just want to go ahead and tell you, you've got permission from the Word of God. you got permission from Jesus. you got permission from Bethesda Church. It's okay to protect your children spiritually and morally. It's, it's, it's a cool thing to do. It's, it's the right thing to do. Um, and I want to read this verse. Before I read it, you need to know that the enemy, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. It's what he wants to do. It's what he wants to accomplish. But Jesus gave us a very specific beatitude in Matthew chapter 5 as it relates to pure hearts. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When you are pure in heart, what will you see? You will see God. Now, we're going to unpack that part of it in a few minutes, but I want to focus in on Blessed are the pure in heart. The word heart in the Greek language is the word cardio. It's where we get our word cardiac from this word. But I want you to know this morning that Jesus was not, he was using this as a metaphor. Jesus was not saying blessed, uh, blessed are the people that have a pure organ that pumps blood through their veins. This is a metaphor. He was talking about something much deeper than the physical heart that pumps blood. But metaphorically, he was speaking about our emotions, our feelings, and the inner self to make sure that that is pure because when that part of us is pure, we can see God in a new way, in a new perspective, in a fresh way. In our, in our world, before I, I tell you that, I'm not going to be as broad as Jesus was. I'm going to try to be very specific today and apply the purity of heart to your house. But how many know Jesus wanted us to be pure in hearts everywhere, right? In every aspect of our life. And so I don't have time to be that broad. I just want to bring it very specific and apply it to your homes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In our world, it's a very common phrase for people to say things um, about themselves and about others that, that goes like this. They have a good heart. How many's ever said they got a good heart? right? Uh, either in reference to yourself or reference to people around you, we, we make statements like that, generalized statements of they have a good heart. He's got a good heart. A young single girl date, dating a guy, and uh, she says he's not a Christian, but he's got a good heart. We, we make these statements all the time. He's, he, he, he's not a Christian, but he's got a good heart. And you just want to be, you just want to sit him down sometimes and say, honey, I'm sorry, but he's, he's unemployed and he lives in a van down by the river. I know that you believe, come on, y'all. I know you believe he's got a good heart, but let me, let me drop a truth bomb on you this morning. It's impossible to have a good heart outside of Jesus impossible. It does not work. 
Outside of Jesus, our heart is not good. It is not pure. The scripture goes as far to tell us in Jeremiah chapter 17, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. So God tells us flat out the heart is deceitful. We tell people, you know, you got a good heart. No, you don't. It's deceitful. And God says, I examine the heart and I examine the mind. We'll get to this in a minute, but even your conscience can be seared. So, so we, we, we're not to trust our heart and we're not to trust our conscience. We are to trust the Word of God. And this is where there's a big disconnect with a lot of people. Because we think that we have a good heart or we can trust our heart, um, that, that everything is good. But I've been following Jesus, listen to me, I've been following Jesus for more than 25 years. Following Jesus. And if I steer away from God's word to follow my heart, I will end up deceiving myself. At the end of the day, it's not about following my heart, not about you following your heart. I'm going to say something else right here. We tell people all the time, just follow your heart. That's dumb. Some people follow their heart right into adultery and divorce court. Because somebody, well, they're hot, so I'm going to follow my heart. Come on, y'all. We, we, we got we to gotta surrender our will to his will. Every single day, I am trying to decrease so that he can increase. The moment I increase and he decreases, I'm going to start walking towards deception. I, I'm going to get it wrong. It's, it's about making sure that my life is in alignment with God's word. I'm not going according to my heart. It doesn't mean nothing good can ever come out of your heart, but you can't trust your heart. It's deceptive. And so God says, I examine your heart. I examine the mind. The apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, and he's talking here to Gentiles who had drifted from their faith. Okay, they had drifted. They started on fire for God, and they drifted from their faith. Uh, and so they're in a very dark place. And the Apostle Paul writes to them in Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 18. It says, they are darkened in their understanding, and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. He said, because you, have, you are darkened in your understanding, you are now separated from the life of God because in that darkness you become ignorant of the things of God. They're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life that God has for them because of their ignorance. They don't even realize that their hearts have grown hard to the things that matter most. It's kind of like when you and I walk into a dark room. Have you ever walked into a dark room or into a dark theater? And when you walk into the theater or the room that's dark, you, it's almost like you're hit with the darkness and you can't see anything. It's that moment of like, you're afraid to move, and it's like, don't spill the popcorn. And please, don't spill or lose the candy we smuggled in here. 
right? I seen some of y'all at the theater in the summertime. You got a big old coat and pulling M&Ms out. You're like, I ain't paying $19 for a box of M&Ms. I got them for a dollar at Walmart. But when you're hit, come on, y'all, smile at me. I seen y'all. But you smuggle that candy in, you got that popcorn, you step into that dark room, and you come in at the wrong time. There's nothing on the screen, everything's dark, and you, it's like you're hit with the darkness. And you can't see anything. But what happens if you stay there long enough is that your eyes slowly begin to adjust. And you're able to see a little bit, enough to get around And I think sometimes because of our ignorance and our hearts have become hardened, we don't even recognize that we're missing seeing the goodness of God because we've allowed so much impurity into our families, we don't even know it. We've become spiritually dull. Our spiritual eyes have adjusted to the darkness, and we've gotten used to living without the power of God and used to living without the presence of God, and and we've adjusted to a toxic culture. But I'm saying today, let's be pure in heart so that we can see God and see his presence and see his power. And come on, somebody, I need you to put an amen in the atmosphere today. It, it, It takes pure hearts to see God. There's no other way to see God. There's no other way to experience God than to have a pure heart. He goes on in verse 19 and he says, because your hearts are hardened and you have darkness around you, he said, you lose all sensitivity. In other words, you're no longer sensitive to the things of God, but now you're given in to sensuality and things that are impure. And these verses, they definitely describe our culture. Having lost all sensitivity, our culture is giving itself over to all sorts of sensuality and indulging in every kind of impurity. But because we love our family, because we want to protect them, because we want to guard our marriages and protect the next generation, we would never do anything like give our babies uh, a bottle of poison and say, drink it. We would never tell our kids to jump into a swimming pool of acid. We would never do that. And yet we'll send our 15-year-old daughter out on a date with a hairy-legged boy. We don't even know his name, and we send them out and act like that's all right. You don't even know that hairy-legged joker's name, and you're sending your daughter out with him. You don't know the intention of his heart. You don't know what he's got on his mind. Back, back when we were dating and you walked into somebody's house to pick up your date, the dads oftentimes, my brother's got some stories. He would tell you. He would show up to pick up the girl and he would walk in there and a guy with a beard down to here would be sharpening his Rambo knife. Where do y'all plan to go? What are you going to be doing tonight? I'm about to polish my rifle. I'm just, just making it clear, I'm going to get to know you, boy. Come on, all the men in the house ought to say amen right now that your daughter's not just going out with anybody. I need a little help. Come on, church. We, we can't just send them out there. We can't just send them out there with people we don't know and we don't know their intention. Could it be that one of the reasons our homes are not blessed or healthy is because our hearts have become hardened and we don't care what comes in and what goes out? We've been darkened in our understanding. So what's going to be different in our lives? If you missed last week, one of the key thoughts 
And it's not just a key thought last week. For this whole series, we are not just a Christian family. We are a Christ-centered family. And there is such a big difference between being Christian. There's a lot of people that say, I'm Christian, but they live like the devil. Are you Christ-centered? In our culture, so many people profess Christianity, but they're not living Christ-centered. If we want the blessing of God, if we want our house to be healthy, then we have to live not according to what is in our heart, but according to what God's Word says. To what God's Word says. Psalm 119, verses 9 and 10 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your Word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I love this question. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And that's a great question to ask if you've got kids or if you are young yourself. I was at the cafe just a little bit ago, and someone was saying this. I can't remember who it was, but they said, it's, uh, the person living, if they were born in the 80s, are they still around? <laughs> Speaking like they're old. And, and, and I got the biggest kick out of it. I'm like, I was born in 77. I'm only 45 years old, but right now I feel like 99. You know, uh, but, but how can a, a young person, he asked, how can they stay on the path of purity? I want you to think about when you were young to all the old people like me who are 99, um, how, how you were able to stay pure when you were young. But think about staying pure now, even versus the 90s. And the things I had to deal with or I had to overcome. What kids are having to overcome now? So he asked the question, how, how are you going to remain pure with all the temptation, with all the things going on around you? And I said it earlier, a lot of times we tell people, just follow your heart. And, it, and they follow their heart right into more sin. They follow their heart right into temptation. They follow their heart right into the wrong things. At the end of the day, I don't follow my heart. I follow the word of God. If I'm going to live holy, i got to come back to the word. If I'm going to treat my spouse right, I'm going to come back to the word. If I'm going to raise godly, godly kids, i got to come back to the word. It's not just going with my heart. My heart is deceptive, but the word of God will last forever. How many of heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, God says, will stand the test of time his word does not change so I don't live according to my heart I live according to the word of God and I can talk about young people living holy and young people not giving in to temptation and you know and I can talk about families right now you know raising kids and and making sure that they're pure in heart and then you got the people that don't have kids the people that are, are are single they don't they're not married they don't have kids and they're saying yeah preacher get them right now just wear out, wear out those families beat them up tell them to you know treat their spouse right tell them to raise those kids the right way you know i can i can say what i want because i'm single i can go where i want i can do what i want i'm going to live it up and i'll fix it later when it matters later when I'm married, but I want to tell people that are thinking like that, that you don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. If you're going to have the fruit of righteousness, you better start planting some seeds of righteousness now. Go ahead and give God a praise if you believe that this morning. We, we got to sow the right things. How, how, how can we, in this culture, how can we go against the flow? Because being a Christ-centered 
home means you're going against the current. It means you're going to get, like, everything is flowing downstream 100 miles an hour, and it is anti-God, and it is anti-holy, and it is anti-whatever. And when you say, I'm going to live Christ-centered, immediately, how many know you're going against the grain? You're going against the culture. You're going to stand out. So when we create a culture of purity, we have to understand that you don't get married pop out three or four babies, and then 20 years later say, wow, we're all holy. We're all pure. How many know that doesn't happen on accident? Like, you don't just drift towards holiness and righteousness. You drift towards sin. So if you're going to be holy and pure, there's intentionality. There's decisions that you make. If I'm going to live for God, I I, I don't accidentally live for him. I have to be extremely intentional to live for God. So I want to give you three thoughts. If you're taking notes, write these three things down. It will help you as, as we talk about creating healthy homes. Number one, get your own heart right. Now you think, well, that's, that's kind of a given. Well, you'd be surprised at how many people post memes about someone else's sin and don't deal with their own. They're trying to get the speck out of yours while they got a telephone pole in their own. So get your own heart right first. Work on, how many know the, script, the scripture says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? You know what that really means? It means I got enough to work on that I can't always get you where you need to be, that I'm going to have to spend some time on getting me where I need to be. Right? To work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Understanding, how many of you are a lot of work by yourself? I know you don't want to admit that, but you're a whole lot of work all by yourself. And a lot of times we spend our energy trying to correct others and we don't want to deal with our own sin, our own flaws. But I want to encourage some people today that you set the tone in your house. Be a tone setter. Be be the person that sets the tone. We're living for God. We're going to love God in this house. We're going to hold scripture at a very high level in this house. It is the standard here. We're going to operate by love. We're going to do what Jesus has told us to do. Set the tone. Look at what Solomon said in in Proverbs 4.23. He said, above all else, he said, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. That means that i got to look at how I am to behave and how our family is to behave. What do we allow into our family? What do we want to be influenced by as a family? What do we read as a family? What do we watch as a family? What kind of entertainment are we open to as a family? What kind of friends are we going to have as a family? How many of these are all very important things if we're going to be intentional in following Jesus? Going to be intentional. And I'm all for, like, meeting sinners where they are and helping them. And and a lot of people will say, well, Jesus hung out with the sinner. He did, but he had influence on them. Some of y'all hanging out with sinners, and they they got influence on you. So until you can have the influence on them, you may need to put a little boundary there. 
Can I get an amen in the house? Come on, y'all. This is good preaching. You're doing good, Dion. You're doing good. Some of y'all, what's he wearing that jersey for? I don't know. It's the only one I own. So I, I pulled it out. So fix your own heart. Fix your own heart. Um, if there's conversations that you're having and you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, stop the conversations. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do. Have you ever had, you, have you ever been in a conversation and you have the Holy Spirit check you? Have you ever had that like, oh, I need to remove myself from the, anybody ever had that? Have you ever been watching TV and you had the Holy Spirit check you? Oh, I'm not talking about being legalistic and y'all going outside tonight and burning your TVs. But I am saying monitor what's coming through it. Monitor what's coming. Just be, listen to me. Just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean that you have to. And I'm not saying be legalistic about it. I'm saying ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So get your own heart right. Number two, as parents, I'm going to talk to the parents. Parent to the heart. Parent to the heart. When you're working with your kids, you want to minister and parent them through the heart. Now, you say, I, I don't really understand this. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal because we normally parent for action. The actions we want. But I, I believe you can get the right action and their heart still be wrong. In other words, you, you can get the right behavior. And some of you have had this happen. If you've got a couple of kids, you ever had your kids get in a little, in a little spat and they're fighting and then you, you like go in there and apologize. And then one of them, they'll say, all right, mom, all right, dad. And they stomp in there. I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings, you big baby. <laughs> so they did what you asked them to do. They went and apologized, but is their heart any better? Absolutely not. So listen, rules without relationship always lead to rebellion. That's why if, if I'm preaching a biblical standard and you're not in relationship with Jesus, the only thing going to happen to you is you get real mad. And you're going to become rebellious. But if you're in love with Jesus, then the rules don't really bother you because you're pursuing him anyway. You don't see it as rules that limit you. You see it as, as guardrails that protect you. A whole different ballgame. So when we parent our kids, we want to parent to the heart because 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I, I've been guilty as a parent where I just wanted my kid. Can y'all just act right? Please, just, just act right. Just, y'all don't judge me because I know y'all the same way. Can you just be quiet for two minutes, please? Just two minutes. Come on, you get the tone and everything. And you get what you want. They're quiet for two minutes. But you didn't address the heart. Didn't address the bigger issue. And Jesus was all about the heart. So much so that the Old Testament says, don't murder. But Jesus said in the New Testament, if you hate someone in your heart, you've already murdered them. 
The Old Testament said if you commit adultery, you're to be stoned to death. You're wrong. You're, you're not right with God. But Jesus said if you look at a person with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So Jesus, said, Jesus is saying it's not just the action. It's the heart behind the action. He hammered the Pharisees who had the outward behavior right I mean, we could tip our caps to the Pharisees because the outside of the dish, Jesus said, everything on the outside, man, it was clean. It was pristine. It, it was perfect. He said, but on the inside where the heart is, it's filthy. So when we're working with our kids, we don't want to just settle for outward submission when there's still inward rebellion. Am I preaching okay? We, we, don't, we don't want to just settle for outward submission while inwardly they're rebellious. We don't want to stop loving them toward a right heart. Right actions, listen, we want right actions, but we don't want them to have right actions with a bad heart. We want the right actions to come out of a right heart. So let's parent to the heart. And number three, we want to pursue perfect purity of the heart. As a house your house, your home, if we want to be healthy, we want to be blessed, we want to pursue perfect purity of the heart. And, and the reason I put pursue purity is because we can't achieve purity on our own. But the only way we can achieve purity is with the help of the presence and the power of God. Listen to me, I don't want you to leave here saying, Pastor Chad lives such a holy life. The Bible says that my righteousness is fil like filthy rags. And for those of you that are new to church, he's talking about menstrual rags. He said, that's what my, on my best day, that's what my righteousness looks like. So it's not something we can achieve on our own. It's something that the presence of God, and, and I know some of you thinking, man, you're raising the standard really, really high, you know, pursuing purity. And, and the reason we got to raise it high is because anything that is not, that is less than purity is not purity. It means that we are pursuing it. I want to help some people who say, well, if I'm pursuing purity of heart and I, may, I have a bad day and I, I scream at my spouse, yeah, I know y'all don't do that because you woke up speaking in tongues and prophesying and you go to bed doing the same and all you do is lay hands on the sick and see them recover and cast devils out and preach the gospel and everywhere you go there's a cloud of the glory following you and you don't ever struggle with anything at all. But I want to encourage the people that messed up yesterday. I want to encourage the people that messed up this past week. I want to encourage the people that told a lie maybe even before you came to church today I want you to know keep pursuing purity but when you miss the mark go ahead and own I miss the mark repent of the behavior and then begin your pursuit again begin your pursuit again I know most of y'all y'all already got it all figured out but here here's where I'm almost done I'm almost done in Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 3 and this one, this is one of those verses when you read it, you're like, I've got work to do. Because the Apostle Paul said, but among you, he's talking to the people of God. He's talking to the church. Among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. 
or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Now that's one of those verses when, you, when, when, when the Bible is saying there shouldn't be a hint of something. How I many of that's raising the standard? Like he, he, He's not saying just don't do it. He said there shouldn't even be a hint of this in your life. One hint of, of sexual immorality, of impurity, of greed. These things are improper for God's holy people. Would, would, let me just ask you, I want to make sure that I'm reading the Bible, the same one that you guys are reading. Would committing adultery with four people be a hint of sexual immorality? Would that be a hint? I just want to make sure because everybody's definition of a hint is a little bit different. Some people are like, I only had three affairs, I'm good. Come on, that's more than a hint. Let, let's take it a step further. Let's take it a step further. Would sleeping with 75% of the people you date before you get married, is that a hint of sexual immorality? I, I feel like I need to hide right now because some of y'all squirming in your seats. Would looking at lustfully at images on a screen be considered a hint of sexual immorality. Working out in the gym and a hot girl walks by, hot man walks by, and your eyes begin to drift and follow them. Is that a hint of sexual? I just want to make sure I'm reading the Bible like y'all are reading it. He said, don't let there be a hint of it. And he says, also, no, no kind of impurity of greed because these things are improper for God's holy people. We are pursuing perfect purity in our homes. Paul said, not a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity, nothing. Why? Because these things are improper for God's people. The question is, is how much impurity do you want to let into your house? How much do you want to let in? He said, don't let a hint in, but some of us are okay with a little bit. We can watch that. We know it ain't right, but we're going to watch it. Be all right. God's gracious, and he is gracious. I, I, I agree with that. But how much impurity are you going to allow in? I'm reminded of the story of the little boy. He was 12 years old, and he wanted to go to the movie so he could watch a movie that was PG-13, and he was 12 years old. His mom's like, no, you ain't going to the movies. If it's PG-13, I don't know what all's going to be in it. You're not allowed to go. So she's telling him no, and he's going on and on about, hey, it's not that bad, Mom. Please let me go. She said, cool, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to make you some brownies before you go. And he's all pumped up. I'm getting brownies and a PG-13 movie. I am growing up. What he doesn't know is that his mom goes out to the yard, and she gets a spoonful of dog poop. Just a, It was a tiny spoonful, tiny Everybody say tiny. It's just a little bit. She mixes it in. <laughs> Come on, y'all. She mixes it into the brownies. She puts it in the oven. She pulls them out. She grabs her son and says, hey, the brownies are done, but I need you to know before you eat it, there's a little bit of poop in there. He said, gross. I'm not eating those brownies. She said, hey, it's only a little bit 
of poop, just like there's a little bit of bad stuff in that movie you want to go watch. I do think the scripture talks a little bit about a little leaven, right? That a little bit poisons the whole thing. And, and, and the Bible does say, and I didn't say this at nine, but I'm going to say it now, that it is the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the things that we think are no big deal. But we know in our heart when something's off. We know when, in our heart when something's not honoring God or honoring his, honoring his word. But watch this. Our hearts become hardened, and we get so used to walking around in the dark, we don't even acknowledge the areas of our life that are out of alignment with God's purpose. We can't even see it. So what's your standard going to be? The Bible said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When you and I find purity, purity is a prerequisite for power. There's a reason why the verse says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's not just talking about at heaven. Yes, we're going to see God in heaven, but some of you, when you're pure in heart, you're going to see God on the earth. You're going to see God answer your prayers. You're going to see God do miracles in your life. You're going to see God use your gifts to impact somebody else's life. When you operate in purity of heart, his presence and his power all, always accompany that purity. How many want to see God move in a way like you've never seen him move before in 2023? Come on, give him a praise as you stand to your feet this morning. Worship team, y'all go ahead and get in place. Um, some of you that are here, I, I know what you're thinking, and I'm just going to go ahead. I've been in your shoes before. I've been sitting in a service, and the preacher preached on purity, and he preached on holiness, and I wanted to climb up under a seat. How many's ever been there before? Like, you, wanted, you, you, you literally, if I could lay down up under here, I would. That's what I wanted to do. I'm like, I wasn't pure. I wasn't holy. This message is drilling me. And I got good news for every person that's feeling that. Every person that's, that's here this morning and you're saying, man, I just want to crawl up under the seat or I want to run out the door because I've not been pure. I've not been holy. I've not been going after God. I've been letting anything go. I've had zero standard. Here's what Ezekiel 36, 26 says. God says, I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. God's saying, if you will humble yourself, I'll give you a brand new heart and a brand new spirit. Not a, not a heart and, and, and a spirit of stone, but one of flesh. What, what God is saying, one that is sensitive to my voice, sensitive to my presence. I'll give you something you don't have right now. Something brand new. I've had God do that in my life before. I've had him get, I had that heart of stone and I, I, you know, I've got all this garbage going on and I don't want to bring it to God, but there's this moment when you're honest with God and you're hum, you humble yourself and you bring it before God that he begins to take out what you don't need. And he begins to deposit everything you do need. And so you don't have to leave here in condemnation. You can leave here knowing Jesus is for you but as the church is for you, we're not for everybody living any old way they want to. Can we make that clear? We're not going to live like the devil and then pretend like we, live, we love Jesus on Sunday. We're not going to be that church. 
If we make a mistake, we own it. And we move forward and we pursue purity. And I want to say to, I'll close with this. If this message offended you today, if you feel a little bit of pushback, I wish he hadn't preached that, I wish he hadn't said that, you know, this is, this is kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Um, I want you to know that God wants to do surgery on your heart. He wants to do heart surgery on you. And, and I'm not talking about your physical heart. If you need, an, an, like, your physical heart needs healed, he'll heal that too. Like, he will totally heal that too. But he wants to do surgery on our hearts. And at the end of the day, you know what God wants? He wants us to be sensitive to his voice sensitive to his word where the word of God is not just offensive to us but the word of God truly is life to us that it it is life it is blessing it is everything that we need he said blessed are the pure in heart for those are the ones that see God the presence of God has been moving in this church over these last few months and on our first ever, how many of y'all made it to our first Freedom Night? Let me, let me see where you're at. We had a full room. I mean, it was, it was really, really cool on Friday night to see God moving. And, and it's, it's so awesome because when the presence of God shows up, let me just go ahead and throw this out there. When God's presence shows up, um, sick people get healed, bound people get delivered, and religious people get mad. We had all that happen in the same night. We had religious people mad and leaving here. And we had bound people getting set free. We had sick people getting healed. It all happened. When the presence of God shows up, how many things begin to move? And it was so funny because sometimes on a night like that, I'd be all messed up and I can't, I slept like a baby. Like, Holy Spirit, you are moving. We got demons leaving. We got, we got, we got bound people coming to freedom we got lost people being saved we got religious people leaving Holy Spirit you are working you are working and I want to say to you today God your your best days listen to me church I don't know who this message is for I just I have that sense today that I'm speaking directly to about a handful of people right now this message was designed by God There's a lot of saved people in this room that are already in love with Jesus, pursuing purity, already doing everything I preach, and they just sit there and said, amen, keep preaching. But there's a handful of people in this room, you needed this message. Your family needed this message. This message is going to change the atmosphere of your home. It's going to be something that ignites revival, not just for Bethesda Church. It's going to be something that ignites revival in your home. Your house is going to experience revival. Your house is going to experience health. Your house is going to experience God's blessing. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. No one looking around for just a minute, for just a minute, except for my compass directors and leaders. You can go ahead and get in a place where you can see what's going on in in the room. But I want to speak to people in this room, and you, you say, Pastor, this message is for me. It's for my home. I personally need to repent and to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus, to bring my life into alignment with the will of God. I just need Jesus to forgive me, and I, I need to change. There's some things I just need to change. I need to repent. That's what the gospel is all about, is about repentance. 
If that's you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that is you and I'm talking to you and you know this message was for you and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it's your, your season, your time, your day, would you just raise your hand right there where you are and say that you're talking to me, PC. I see three hands, four hands, five hands over here, six hands over here in this side, in this section. Come on, keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. There's one in the very back back there in the back row back row all the way back two in the very back row just raise their hands come on church go ahead and give God a praise for those people it's a big big step big big step father we just thank you for what you're doing in this place anyone else before we pray anyone else I want us to pray out loud where you can hear it with your own ears. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, to save me. I acknowledge your Lordship in my life. I repent of my sins. And I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Bethesda, give God some praise. Woo! Hey, Nate, you come get this. How many are glad you came to church today? Man, I'm glad you came. Those of you that just gave your life to Christ, our Compass leaders and directors are going to give you some information to help you take your next step. I'm going to ask that our prayer team and staff get in place. We're going to open up these altars. I'm going to encourage you to do something. Um, that if, if, if it's not prayer you need for your home, I, I'm going to ask you to do something this morning, maybe a little bit different for you. But if you're sitting with your family, your spouse, um, you know, if, if you're together, I'm going to ask that you don't have to come up and have anybody lay hands on you, but I am going to ask that during this last song, get with your family. We're talking about our homes being blessed, our homes being healthy. Get with your family. Come up with them. Worship God with them. Hold hands with them. Pray for them. How many know that we got work to do if we're going to have healthy houses, right? We're going to have work to do. And so I just want to encourage you. These altars are open. You don't have to come just to receive prayer. You can come and worship with your family. Let's give Jesus one more praise today, church. One more time. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.